With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Salut tout le monde. Hey everybody, I am Marc Dumont and you can actually hear the stream playing in the background. All right, that's done. I am Marc Dumont. I will be your host tonight for the Game Over episode after the Los Angeles Kings loss. Another frustrating loss to a certain extent, but I think, and we're going to ask Lori because it's our great guest tonight, and she always has uh, a logical and um, let's just say a less emotional approach to things than I do, which is which is better when it comes to hockey, all right? That's, that's what you want from your analysis. So we're going to hear from Lori what she thought about Slavkovsky, about the effort tonight, uh, maybe even the development path. We're seeing a guy like Byfield start to be really dominant in the NHL. And then you see a guy like Slavkovsky, you think, hey, maybe that can happen as well. So I just wanted to thank absolutely everyone that joined us today uh, in the chat. If you can, go ahead and click like and subscribe to our stream. And then we're going to get going. But Lori, first of all, How's it going, buddy? All good. Good times. Yeah, so how... Excellent 4 nothing loss. <laughs> you know, it's funny that we say this, but as 4 nothing losses go, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad. They were better than the last game. Uh, the first period was actually entertaining. Went yeah. downhill from there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as painful as I feared. That's always what you want. It's not as painful as I feared. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we have Claire in the chat as per usual. Actually, Claire missed the last few games and I'll never forgive her, but she was at the Bell Center. So I guess. Uh, fair. Right? Fair, fair enough. Uh, so hi, Claire. How's it going? And uh, in the meantime, just to let you, everyone, anyone new joining us know, uh, also there's the podcast. We have a lot of people downloading the podcast, so I appreciate all of you as well. What we're going to do is we're going to break it down. Tonight, the Canadians lost 4-0 to the Los Angeles Kings. And uh, we're going to discuss the game, maybe a little bit of development. And then by the third segment, we'll get the chat to let us know what they thought about this. So, hey, listen, I appreciate anyone that took the time to join us because 4-0 losses are never fun to discuss. But, Laurie, uh, I, I, what, what really bothered me the last time the Montreal Canadiens lost to the Kings was the lack of effort no one no no one, no one gave a shit right that was essentially what it was tonight in my opinion that was different how was your read on the game tonight from the from the habs yeah for me the last the last time they played them is like they didn't even start it it's like they decided from go this is hopeless <laughs> you know and, and truthfully i mean they the, it it's a far superior team it is a far superior That's team getting to. up for that night after night has to be difficult when you know, you know, it's one thing if you know you have some hope, but if you're thinking our very best efforts are likely not to be enough, 
That has to be hard to go out and just, you know, put your all out. But they started strong tonight, and that's not something they've done well this season. They've had some late starts uh, pretty consistently, even against teams that aren't aren't the Los Angeles Kings. But they started well tonight, and it was an entertaining first. Yeah, I, I would argue it was one of their better starts. Again, I know there was yeah. a loss, but um, the last time against the Kings, and that was one of the things I've been criticizing Martin Saint-Louis for to a certain extent, because I believe it's part of the coach's duties to prepare yeah. someone. But you bring up a really good point there, Laurie, is that the Kings are up here. They're ready to challenge for a Stanley Cup. The yeah. Canadians are a few months removed from getting another bottom, a top five pick. So it's a reality check, right? That's, that's what it is. When you yeah. look at your third line centers, Jake Evans versus Pierre-Luc Dubois. Although, you know what, Laurie, tonight, I think I would have taken Jake Evans over Pierre-Luc Dubois. He's not having, Dubois has not had a fantastic start to his time in LA either. So, Well, he's probably enjoying the sun, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's funny when we discuss the idea of bringing Dubois here. The whole logic was you don't pay too much for him because you don't know, really know what there is there in terms of overall talent. And uh, we're seeing a guy who's very streaky. That being said, this is envy. This is all envy because they have yeah. so much <laughs> talent throughout yeah. their lineup. Um, who who stood out for you other than number 20, other than Uri Slavkovsky? Who would you say had a had a better outing this time against the Kings? I, I, you know, hmm. Baron looked, a, I feel like it was unfortunate that he got tripped by that uh, linesman. You know, if the Habs didn't have bad luck, they yeah. had no, bad, no luck at all. But uh, I thought Baron looked a little bit better. Um, Gouli a little bit worse. Um, the top line to me, though, again, no points, Laurie, but the top line was Slavkovsky. They're creating chances. They're creating chances. I don't, I, I lost count of how many legitimate scoring chances he set up. Right. And it, it's, uh, and it was him setting them up. I mean, there were a few times when there were passes to him that, particularly in the power play, more than any more than five on five. Mm -hmm. But five on five, he was he had lined up perfect opportunities for them. Like it had to be five or six prime opportunities that they, you know, either fired wide, hit the post, uh, you know, or just completely had not anticipated he was going to make that happen. Because I think that's where they are right now. They're still, they've only, what, what is this, their third game together? Yeah. Only, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're still figuring each other out. But I think they're, I think that Suzuki and Caulfield are truly like, oh my God. Like, he got me the puck. He just made that happen and we were somewhere else. Like, we, we weren't even in that zone. Like, you know, so I think, I think there's something to be, uh, you know, to be said for just giving that some time. But mm -hmm. he is relentless right now. And, you know, one wonders how, what kind of body you need to do that consistently. Uh, but uh, he's a big boy, so maybe he has it. Uh, but that line looked fantastic, uh, you know, in terms of their third night together on, you know, when, when there's not too many other lines for the other team to defend. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they look good. It's the Pacioretty conundrum, right? It's you focus on one and then you're good to yeah. go. Um, I, I will say this in, and, Everyone knows I've been highly critical, not of Slavkovsky, but of the game plan the Canadians put, right? It, it, they started drafting him, and when they drafted him, they said it's a project. It's going to take a long time. And then yeah. they immediately fast-forwarded it, right? So what we're seeing now, in my opinion, is stuff that should have been solved beforehand. But we're seeing a guy, like you mentioned, this is the important part, driving the play on Montreal's top line. And it's impossible not to be encouraged by that. Um, you're also seeing a guy that, you know, compared to, let's say, Quinton Byfield, He's not quite there yet, but you see he has the same tools, right? He he does have that size, that size advantage as well. So obviously patience is in order 
for Yuri Slavkovsky, but he's the only player, Laurie, other than Sean Monaghan and Kirby Doc to play more than a game on that top line and have a positive expected goal. Yeah. Of course, C4. There's something that there's a lot of value there. If you can find a guy that can make that line click all the time, man, the Habs would be doing much better. Well, he said it when they drafted him, right? If you're looking for a winger to play with that line, <laughs> here I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looks like he has the goods to play there. Um, you know, it's the, his development. I I don't have strong feelings about that. And, and I've mostly just sort of been taking the view of I'm not... I'm not so sold on what would have happened in Europe or what would have happened in Laval mm -hmm. to feel like either would have been a better alternative, like less about what is the appropriate step as in looking at what those steps actually were for the Habs. I'm not sure that I have a ton of faith in development in Laval right now. Not, <laughs> you know, not, not sure. That Eight that losses been... in a row. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the coach there doesn't, you know, give me chills. Uh, so, you know, like, but the other thing I'll say is that there, a little while ago, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Maxim uh, Lapierre who had done a series of tweets. And I, do, I don't think he had done any research to support them. I think he was just randomly thrown out a few tweets and naming off players in the league and who were, you know, who, who had grown into their, you know, come into their game and were playing well and, and pointed out all the different developmental paths that they had taken. And his point, the point that he was making was nothing's linear. The best players yeah. figure it out. You know, if if you're if you're good enough to be drafted first overall, you're probably going to figure it out. Whether they, you know, whether they send you to Europe or send you to Laval or just keep you in Montreal. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a theory, but uh, but I don't have the strong feelings about it. Perhaps if I was looking in in Laval and thought, man, they've got some good shit going on there. I would, I would long for, uh, for a slap to be there. And I, I, and I've never felt that at one point since they've had him. So that's kind of been where I've been with it. Yeah. I think that's fair as well to, to mention nothing's linear. And especially with, with again, the big boys or as Pierre Brunet as Les Gros Bonhommes, you know, guys like Tage Thompson or Quentin Byfield, it takes a lot longer for them to really grow into their bodies. And also, any player it takes about two to three years in professional hockey to really get your body used to the the, the, the rigor of a full season. Grind. It's very yeah. difficult. Now, my question to you, Laurie, is when Lapierre mentioned all those big boys, those guys that ended up being good, did any of them jump straight into the NHL? That's what, that's what always gets me out of all this. Today, I saw people taking victory laps about Slavkovsky's development. Listen, the great stuff that we're seeing from Slavkovsky, for example, tonight he forced a turnover and then he fed Suzuki. And as Laurie mentioned, very smart, Suzuki wasn't necessarily ready for it, but he, he got the puck and he shot it quickly. But this is stuff that you should have in your tool bag before you get to the NHL, in my opinion. And, and I just there's so many examples of um, why development, you need to be patient with it. So every time someone says be patient, I'm thinking I want them to be even more patient. That's what I want. And, uh, you know, let them really just dominate in a league. Because if we're being honest, Lori, so Yuri Slavkovsky is on pace for 21 points this year. Any way you cut it, that's a disappointment or is it not? Am I, am I being too harsh by saying that? I don't give a shit how many points he gets. You don't? <laughs> I really it's, don't. It's the best historical um, predictive measure for success sure, in the NHL, I, right? Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, like the, I'm, I'm just saying where I am with it. Like, I, I don't think this team is very good. That's like, another so, good point. So yeah. I don't think the measure of, like, I don't think, I don't think we should look at Caulfield's goal total this year and go oh god we thought he was going to be so big and now here we are i don't like i don't think we should i don't think we should look at 
uh, Jake Allen and say, oh, he's he's toast because he's not hitting 900. It's a bad team. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a it's not a good team. And, and so I have I have different slightly different take on it in terms of. I don't care where Slaff is today. I don't care how the building blocks come. Mm-hmm. As long as in year five, he's worth the first overall pick. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I really don't care what happens between now and then. There are no cups coming to Montreal between now and year five. So I really don't care how they put that puzzle together. As long as in year five, the puzzle looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back to to Lapierre. He. I don't, I don't remember the specific players named at the time, but I just, at the time, I just kind of thought, you know, like to me, it looked like he didn't do any research. It was just sort of throwing it out there off the top of his head. And he wasn't trying to, you know, he was just sort of spitballing a bit. And, but like he, he actually named all different kinds of paths, Mm -hmm. you know, went to college, went to junior, went to the AHL, went straight to the NHL, you know, different struggles along the way for each of them or performed well here or there. And, you know, here we are in year five and they all, kind of turned out because they were good players and, and his theory was you could have poked them in college or ohl or wherever and if they've got the goods by year five or so they're gonna have figured it out yeah talent yeah. should shine through in that case yeah. you know i i don't think that's the right approach for arbor jack guy oh uh, good point <laughs> uh, you know what that's another thing I, I i hadn't even thought about it but we can get into that give me your thoughts about that uh, assignment to the ahl no issue with it whatsoever. Okay. I actually, I, I, he was a player that I saw a bit in junior because, mm-hmm. you know, I live in Mississauga and he was in Hamilton, of course. So I, I saw him a bit in junior and uh, I, I actually went back to look for an article that I had written in June of 2022 and uh, to see what I had said about him. Okay. And, you know, I had, I had essentially said, you know, and, and this was before, before Slap is picked before the kids all all these defense prospects come to camp Mm -hmm. before we know they're going to run into injury trouble and they all gonna they're all gonna be end up playing in the nhl for a full year (laughs) uh and what i basically said was you know he's a mammoth you know all these junior players are terrified of him and they and they were they They really were were some of them that skated away from him right um you know he's an average average skater he plays on an edge and sometimes doesn't know not to cross over it takes bad penalties on the regular you know i saw times in uh in in hamilton where he took a penalty and people kind of groaned a little bit uh because it was you know another uh, but you could see you know i said the same things about him then that i've said 10 times since he manages to get the, the puck through to the net it's not necessarily a booming shot but it gets through and creates grief in front of the net and goals come from it mm-hmm. uh, he was solid in his own end um uh, and what I had said back then is if like with a couple of years in the AHL, this guy could put it all together and be a really good defender, you know, or he could be not, <laughs> but you know, he, he does have some raw talent there mm-hmm. that with some development time. And of course we know what happens that I, I even said, you know, we've got a, we've got a log jam. There might be a defenseman traded at the draft. Uh, and we know what happened at the draft, but um but yeah, I mean, here we are this time later, and I think all of that stuff is all true. Yeah, uh, that's fair. You know, he takes the untimely penalty. He really does. Yep. That yep. that really uh, you know gets things in trouble a little bit. He's he's not an offensive you know thrill, nope. but he's still you know he's not a, cl- a klutz either, and he can get that puck through, and he's useful that way. Uh, to me, his defense game had suffered this year compared to what I'd seen from him See, previously. Yeah. That's, see, that surprises me, Lori, because you're not yeah. the first person to say that. 
if you permit me to go full nerd mode, his defense is is ten times better this year. He leads the Canadians in in sh- in shot prevention and high danger scoring chance prevention in goal prevention. That's what I really I, I I have to admit because I was one of the guys who saw him and I was like, you know, you saw the good in him, and I've spoken to his mother about this how badly I fumbled it. And I was like, this guy will never play in the NHL. First of all, I was very confident because in the history of the uh, CHL, a defenseman has never gone undrafted straight into the NHL. Never. Yeah. Arbor Jacka is the first in the history of the NHL to do that, which is such an amazing accomplishment. But then last year we saw there was some things to work on. I genuinely thought he took a huge step forward this year, and I'm surprised the Habs thought otherwise. I, you know, I look at other guys defensively, I feel like he's the only one who's improved. Now, one of the main reasons I think they might be giving him some time is Jaden's has jumped in and he's looked yeah, so yeah, good. Sure. But I will say this, there's space for Arbor Jackai and Jaden Struble in that lineup. Oh, I agree. At least the way it's set up now. I think that I, th- I don't think they disagree with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, th- I don't think he's going to be down there for a century. You know, I, I think that he's gone back to work on a few things. He hadn't played and, in, and in a frankly, while. I, I would have no issue with any of them going back. I would have no issue if they thought Gooley needed to work on something out of the limelight to send him <laughs> and do that. I have no issue with, you know, with Barron going back or, you know, any of them. Uh, that's that, because, because to me, I don't care what they do between year and year five. I want them to be their very best in year five. Yeah. And as long as whatever developmental path they take you know, gets them there for year five. That's that's my thing. Um, I think he will be back. I don't think he'll be there long term. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be back. I, I I think it's possible that you know, like it's not like they've they've they're in this you know marriage that can never be broken with uh, Lundstrom. That's not you know that's not going to be forever. Um, but he's filling a hole there right now. And I think you know the other guy that should spend some time in Laval when he comes back is uh, Harvey Pinard. Um, you know, the, I think the injury is the perfect time when he's ready to mm-hmm. play again. Off you go back to Laval. He wasn't having a good start to his season. Uh, there was nothing about the way he was starting his season that would justify his continued ice time in, in Montreal, in my view. Uh, last end of last season, it looked like he should never go back, but that wasn't how the, the season began for him. Uh, you know, and was playing. You know, I expected to play and roll above his head and all that jazz. But uh, I, I have no issue with the, the young guys coming going from Laval. Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. when you look at it, I mean, even Carey Price went to Laval. Now that was that was a little that was a little different him and Gallagher. But you, ninety nine point nine nine percent of all NHL players will end up playing in the AHL, right? Yeah. You're talking about one or two per year that make that jump right up there, and then they might go back down. For example, Quinton Byfield, you know, straight to the AHL, but yeah. then they they brought him to the NHL the next year. Halfway through, they said, you know what, we're going to send you down. You're going to score some goals. You're going to build confidence. You're going to come back a better player. Um, I guess I guess that's what I would have loved the Habs to do. But now that Slavkovsky is playing well on that top line, I think it, it grants him a little extra time. But I'm right there with you. Even if they sent him down at this point, it wouldn't bother me too, too much. No, me either. If, that's, if there was something they felt that he could learn differently there than he's learning in the, right. in the NHL. I mean, I, I get if, if, if their thinking was, it's the pace of decision-making in the NHL that they're worried about for him. Mm. Sending them to, to the AHL is probably not going to build that for him. You know, I think he's playing really confident right now. He if is. sending, if if it was about building confidence, sure, off you go to Laval. I don't, I don't know if that's his issue right now. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, uh, you yeah. know what? We can almost. This sounds funny to say, but I, I, I'd argue Suzuki and Caulfield have to be a little bit better with the chances that Slavkovsky's produced recently. 
I think that'll come with chemistry, but, uh, you know, I would say that they haven't been ha- as good this season as we as they were this many games in last season. Yeah. Certainly, I mean, I think the numbers would say that. But you know, generally, how they looked on the ice uh, was was different last year. But um, you know, it's it the team is kind of it, it, they're the line, and some of those line combos. I mean, you know, I look at Marty's line combos sometimes, and I think, what the heck is he thinking when he had. Caulfield, Slavkovsky, and what the first time I saw Caulfield, Dvorak, Dvorak and yeah. Slavkovsky, I thought, what in the name of all things sacred? Now I look at it and go, it worked. It, it, you know what? It wasn't. <laughs> it, I was I was it, about to to do a counterpoint there, but you're right. No, no. You know what? It was one of their better lines this year. It, it worked. It worked in the moment, yeah. and it worked in terms of forcing Caulfield to be to build some chemistry with mm-hmm. the only other offensive threat on that line. Mm-hmm apart from Suzuki. Um, and yeah, it might be interesting to see Suzuki and Caulfield as uh, Suzuki and Slap play some, uh, some time together without Caulfield um, and, and build the dyads there differently, but it's working there right now. I think you'll see them catch up, catch on to what his style is. They're learning each other. Um, yeah. And I think on some level he's learning his style. Like he's figuring out, That's I think, really I think Slap is learning his style. He's figuring out, okay, this is what, this is what I look like in this league. And he's like, oh, that worked. I tried that and that worked. And look where I am in front of the net. Oh, my God. Like, you know, I, I think that he's figuring out his style. So I, I, it, it all looks good to me at this point. Um, that there's bigger fish to fry. Oh, m- much bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But I, I'll agree at the confidence point because we're seeing a guy who's driving the net a lot more, yeah. you know, with more regularity. And that's very important for a guy like Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, I'll say that one of the other advantages of having him here, obviously, I, I, I still think that Martin Saint-Louis' influence or his impact, his little magic dust, is a little overblown by the, the, the Habs media, because if not, you'd get better results. But working with professionals like Saint-Louis is still very important. And we saw on the bench tonight, Cole Caulfield was giving him a lot of tips. And it, it brings yeah. it all back to what you were saying earlier. He's still finding his style. So, um, yeah. you know, it's... If you're going to get a guy like that in the NHL, this is where he should be. He should be on the top line. He should be getting the big minutes yeah. power play. You play him with guys you want him to become, right? So in that vein for today, right now, it's I think Martin Saint-Louis has done the right decision to, to throw him on that yeah. top line. And, and I think he's got enough patience to know not to rip it apart just because they haven't scored in a couple games. I hope so. I mean, with the, with the kind of patience he's, show, he's shown to a couple of other lines, oh, I yeah. hope so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it would be really nice if they could throw together a second line that was a little bit dangerous um, to distract, you know, to, to take some of the attention away from them. Yep. But, um, but I mean, it's like he's got, a, like if you look at those, that group of players putting together two solid lines out of that group is not not a fun task so um yeah we'll we'll see what he comes up with next i mean uh, you know in terms of who who else caught my attention tonight i'm a mike Matheson fan but i don't love him on the power play um uh, yeah i find that his vision on the power play is sometimes iffy yeah uh, that's fair i think that's fair. and uh not that not that there's you know ten thousand options that are better i like baron better back there than i like Matheson in back. terms of but distributing the, the puck, yes. Yes. You know, he. there's been a couple of times when, you know, they've lost him on the blue line and a pass comes back to him. He's not there for it. And I think you know, the puck's ended up in his own net a couple of times because he's missed the play on the blue line and the other team's gone the other way. But 
Um, but I think in terms of puck distribution and having a vision for who's around the ice, I, I like what Barron brings differently than Madsen. Madsen, of course, has more composure and maturity there and, and more comfort with. And yeah, I mean, he's I, like five on five. I love him. But uh, but tonight on the power play, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking I, I, the last couple of games, you've annoyed me a little bit here. Well, and I, you and bring I up just be, yeah. you bring up a yeah. really good point. Lori, as per usual, it's always really good points with Lori, but Mike Matheson, when he creates chances, more than not, they're from an individual perspective. And yeah. he has to do it, right? Because, like you said, there's yes. really not much going on. Like, we're seeing this here. The Habs yes. are, and I will take some of the blame away from the defensive issues from the Habs because St. Louis has clearly told his defensemen, get in the play. Um, yeah. It's, they're scoring a lot more goals, but it's costing them at the other end of the ring. It is, yeah. But Matheson, and this is this is one of the reasons it doesn't work in the power play that well. Listen, he's still the most skilled defenseman by a, by a country mile, but he's so used to creating individually, whereas a guy like Barron is more opening up passing lanes and shooting lanes. So that was a pretty good, um, that's a really good point there. But I think, as you mentioned earlier, bigger fish to fry, neither are the ideal long-term solution, right? I, I would love to see Caden no. Gooley get a chance in the power play, but... He's kind of having a bit of a down period right now, and I think it's easy to forget that he's just 21 years old. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I've I've always I've always been a little bit hesitant. I think he's again. I, I'm I'm looking forward to year five, and I have <laughs> no issue with him. You know, like, there's there's a lot of um, I think fans love the player and just want to want to see him get all the opportunities in the world. Last season, he was in so far over his head. Oh boy, yeah. That you know, he, I mean, they didn't have; they were playing who they had. Chris Weidman uh, played, but a ton of minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and this season, I mean, it's a, it's not totally dissimilar uh, because you know they've lost some guys or had guys coming and going. Uh, but you know, I, I think I think in some ways because he's been forced into roles, some of his foundational developmental stuff has been lost. And, and I think I think he's a good enough player that it won't matter in year five. Yeah. But but I think what I think these the sacrifices you're going to see nights where he or or several games in a row where he's he it's it's not quite coming together and then then he figures out something else or whatever. But yeah, there's uh, just they just mentioned the Leafs who have the terrible luck with goalies. Uh, Joseph Wall will be is injured. He'll miss some time. So maybe an opportunity there to to move a goalie or two. I know there's teams still calling about Jake Allen and Caden Primo. Um, it's funny. There's actually a little bit more interest from for Jake Allen, but that just goes to show that NHL GMs love their guys that have a little bit of experience. The issue is you can't gain experience without the opportunity. But if you if you get an offer tomorrow, Laurie, for a fourth round pick, do you trade Caden Primo? And is Trinka in the? Uh, they'll be very happy that I'm trading goalies again. It's been two shows I haven't traded a goalie, but would you would you take a fourth round pick for a guy like Primo? Because I feel like right now the three headed monster just has to end, and that's. I'd rather take a fourth round pick for Jake Allen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But with uh, some retention, maybe, you know, he has yeah, another year, I mean, right? Like I, I, I take, I take a fourth round and an expiring contract for, for Jake Allen mm. uh, and consider it done. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of teams that could use Jake Allen more than Primo. Um, I, I think the teams that most need goalies right now have a primo. Yeah, exactly. That that. They they have a kid that they're that they think is going to have a future with them and that they're working on, but needs needs some support. I mean, you know, watching Carolina the other night and uh, Carolina and Edmonton, I guess it was. Um, yeah, Carol. Anyway, they were 
bad. Um, and, uh, you know, their, their goalie situation is a little rough, but they have a kid that they, that I think they have a lot of faith in, but none of their, neither of their veterans, they can't keep Anderson out of the hospital. And, uh, Ranta is, is doing what he does, right. He's, he's good for a certain number of games and not being the number one guy. And I think Allen would look really good alongside there. Is it whatever his name is begins with K. Oh, um, yes. Him. The, the, the... Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well i don't know what his name is but uh but yeah I, I i like i can see that working you know i've heard i've heard commentary on buffalo being a good fit i don't know why buffalo would be after well, they just Allen. sent um um devon uh, levi to uh, devon levi back to the ahl just to ra- yeah. to go right back to our original discussion about talented players can still go back to the ahl they're in a year that they want to compete but they made a really difficult decision to say this guy needs more experience in the ahl and yeah. i applaud them for that but because things yeah. are things are bad in buffalo but they should have been better it's been 10 years that I've been uh, saying Buffalo is going to be good this year, <laughs> you know, but yeah. uh, I appreciate that they're taking time with uh, Levi. Yeah. You say that about Buffalo. I say it about Ottawa. Uh, <laughs> this is the year they're going to be, they're going to put it together. Always, and be a threat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Constant disappointment. Uh, Ottawa, you're yeah. good for something. Yeah. Fair enough. And, <laughs> well, you know, Jacques Martin is there, so they're not going to score more goals, but they will put up a staunch 1-3-1 defense, kind of like we saw from the LA Kings tonight. Um, you know, just a better team, Laurie, right? That's that's what, yeah. that's what games like tonight are in terms of a reality check. Yes, the Habs are 500, which the NHL standings... Anyways, I have an issue when you're 500 and you have more losses than wins, but um, there's still a huge talent gap between teams like the Habs and teams like For the sure. Kings. And it's, it's to be expected. So, you know, losses like this... As long as you put the effort in, I think they're not going to be that pissed, you know, going to Buffalo uh, for Saturday. Because I'm sure the flight back from California in late November, no one said a word. Tonight, a little bit better performance by the Montreal Canadiens. A little oh, bit better. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, like a, a huge ta- a talent gap between the the a, at the Habs and, and Kings tonight. But I would say there's a huge talent gap between the Habs on one night and the next. Uh, <laughs> you know, like... All they need is one guy to be having a shit night. Yeah, and it ruins and they, everything. They yeah. suddenly go from being a team that compete can can compete with you know a lot of the league yeah. to at the very bottom, and yeah. that's 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 you know some of that is they're missing a fair amount of talent to injuries right now, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know the other part of it is that they've got a ton of kids who haven't reached their reached point of consistency, and they've got they've got a ton of you know older guys who whose bodies are broken and i don't know I, I i certainly i can tell you that there are some days my joints don't work well, like gonna, the others i was just gonna say yeah I, I tweaked my back last night and i don't know how i just woke up and i'm like oh i slept poorly i didn't even sleep well laurie i failed to sleep well and it and yeah that's yeah it. my favorite my favorite injury is i can't find my sleeve my hoodie and i pull something <laughs> <laughs> see looking for the remote out month, month to month you know so yeah no absolutely i uh i, I will say this and as uh Trizak asks for the next game against la can the marketing team hand out complimentary pillows for those in attendance hey okay you know what if you pay good money to go see the, those games you get to criticize them all you want and i think that's very very fair you're paying your hard-earned money so that is fair um but uh, you know again we're seeing same score, but it was a much better effort tonight. And I, I know it's it's frustrating during rebuilds to kind of hang on to these little things. Like a lot of people say, hey, what Slavkovsky did tonight was great, but he should have been doing that from the beginning. Yes, sure. 
but now we're at the point of things are where they are and we have to start to see you know marginal or not marginal but tangible growth so uh, you know despite the loss I do think there were some pretty decent things but as you mentioned earlier when Caden Gooley doesn't have a great game and I don't think he did the Habs tend to implode um defensively yep. uh you know so it, it just goes to show yeah absolutely very very fragile but when one of your when your 21 def- 21 year old defenseman isn't dominant you have a hard time and yeah it's just right. it's just a reality check it's when, just a reality check when Sean when Sean Monahan is struggling there's yep. no second alternative behind behind the top line and so um you know and he and he has like he's he's been back on a bit in the, in the last couple of games but he did have a few games where he was and when when Sean Monahan who is your deadline sale really mm-hmm. uh and and is you know is of questionable health most of the time you know he's he's managing um uh, when that sh- when that's the, the when that's your teetering point and that and that's what i mean right from one night to the next if they've got if they've got Gooley and Monahan in the top line mm-hmm. and 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 Monty's having a strong game and you know Matheson is is wheeling they can look really good uh, they're really good but it doesn't like if if one or two of those things doesn't happen mm-hmm. they can look really bad fast and that's that's who they are right now yeah that's the reality of a rebuilding team in the NHL um okay so Luc Gervais says Laurie hell yeah I love Laurie's answers on the call yeah absolutely hey you know and this is one of the things I always want to mention to people when they say how do I get in the industry you know I could never be a media person have you heard some of us talk you know the stuff we (laughs) said like yes you can absolutely and for example Laurie is one of the smartest Habs analysts out there and it's not your primary job right uh laurie so no it's 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 a hobby for me really it's it's a it's fun and it but it's so Um, insightful though that's the key is that you bring a unique angle so yes anyone that's ever interested take laurie's take laurie's lead here and uh, just start writing about hockey you know what i mean it's a really good way to get into it and you know maybe we're not as all as accomplished as laurie but again going back to the people that have jobs in media yes you can you can join you can you can get into that club it's not that you can uh, totally get into it and and i would say that, like what i would say is just start writing but also read a lot ton, yeah. and and read a lot of different stuff read stuff you don't agree with yes read stuff read stuff that that bores you read stuff that thank you uh you know, I remember. I'm I'm going to be really honest. When when I used to read read, uh, there was a guy who used to be at the Athletic who's not there now. I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to be cute about you, Mark. Uh, a guy who you do a lot did a lot of like his is uh, Sean. Shapiro. Well, there's been a lot of guys that were at the Athletic that are no longer there. That are no longer. There. Um, I think they got rid of ninety percent of the staff. Uh, they did. Sean Shapiro for was he working with Dallas or what team was it? No. Oh. He, he, Sean, my good, I, yeah, Sean, yeah, no, no, my good, I always forget his, his last name. It's, I'm st- Andrew did the same thing last time. You know what, I'll say Sean was the one who actually mentored me while I was at The Athletic, which is and, great that I'm forgetting his last name right now, but. Uh... <laughs> his stuff was so detailed Gordon. and dense. Sean Gordon, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and I I found it sometimes difficult to read, but if I, if I, you know, because, you know, like, it, you know, you're reading it on a train or you're reading it mm-hmm. on your lunch break or whatever and, and, and fitting in things. But there was always good content in there that was another bit of education. Right. And just uh, and you hear a lot of perspectives and, and then you got to form your own worldview of it. Right. Like like just launching onto someone else's idea. It's OK. To, it's OK to disagree with somebody. But you have to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to yeah. find your voice. And, and that's yeah. part of the process. What I liked about Sean is that I would throw out ideas and. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The, the the boss would immediately, it was just one of those like, nope, we're not doing it. Then he'd actually let us explore it. He'd actually work with us to like, hey, let's see if there's anything there. So yeah, tons of value with people that are open-minded. And you know, yeah. what I really love is that you suggested reading stuff you might not necessarily love. Um, the reason I say that is because we, we're at this point and everything's tailored. All our content's tailored. And if we see one single thing we don't like, we kind of tend to lose it, right? Yeah. But there was a, there was, a, I'm going to put my, uh, my onion on my belt because I'm an old man. There was a time where you'd say, hey, I disagree with you, but that's fine. And I feel like that's kind of gone now. You know, it's, it's as soon as there's a contrary opinion, it, you know, people really have a hard time absorbing it, reacting to it. So one of the smartest, smartest tips I've ever heard was right here by Lori, read stuff that you won't necessarily agree with it, it, it's just yeah. a great way to, to broaden your horizon and and disagreement doesn't mean that doesn't doesn't mean you're right no that's that's one thing but the, you know it, it doesn't mean that you're you know if you disagree with one thing that you're going to disagree with that no. person always no. and and there are there are writers that i read everything they write um and i mostly like what they write but there are still some times when i go like yeah, no, <laughs> I don't see it that way at all. And, and, you know, and, and that's, that's fine. And it, it doesn't mean that you respect them less as a, as a writer or whatever, but it's, it's, um, and the other thing I would say is that it has to be something you enjoy. Yes. Uh, if you're, if you're writing about stuff that you don't enjoy, it will always be hard, hard work. Mm -hmm. And doing that on the side is, I, I mean, the, the nature of, you know, I didn't choose journalism or sports writing as a career. Mm -hmm. I chose something else altogether. And and so I, I do this for fun. Uh, but if you're trying to get into it as a career, it's a, you know, th there's a different, there's a different driving force of it. But if, it, you know, the, the, the extent to which you can write about what you love yeah. and that makes it easier to, to be inspired and find new creative content and, and yeah. such. And it comes out in your writing as well, right? I don't want to necessarily name the outlet, but La Presse is the one I'm talking about. You can tell there's a bunch of writers on staff that hate hockey. Like they're so negative and just angry all the time. You know, they got angry yeah. at Michael Pazetta when he did his, uh, his uh, Tiger Williams celebration, you know? And it's just like, guys, like what well, you're not, you don't like the game, why are you? But anyways, I'm not going to go into a big rant about that because we want to get to the people in our chat. First of all, Thank you, everyone. Um, and what was it? Claire. Yeah, it's Kochetkov would be the Carolina goalie that we were looking for yes. earlier. Um, Montreal MUFC mentions, or was it Montreal with the Canadian goalie? Oh, yeah. If goalie's the best defenseman on the team, well, tonight, again, he really wasn't. But as Laurie mentioned no. earlier, when one guy collapses and goalie's one of those pillars, things go, things go wrong. But... <sighs> I kind of get why he's not being used in the power play, Laurie, because despite his work in Edmonton with the Oil Kings, after he got that trade from Prince Albert, he started being really good. But he's essentially their best five-on-five -five defenseman too, right? So as much as I understand people wanting to give him a shot on the power play, I, I think I'd rather have Barron get those little easier minutes and then Gooley get the tough minutes. Like from a coaching perspective, it makes sense to rely more on Gooley at five-on-five, -five, right? Yeah, and I, I think what Marty's done a few times, and I, I don't know how, I, I, I can't say I've paid attention enough to see it consistently, but I've noticed a few times that 
you know, if they're if they're making a change and there's like 20 seconds left in the power play, then he'll, yeah, <laughs> then he'll throw Gooley out there because he knows that you know before shifts over it's going to be five on five, and, and so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, I, I think that's fine. Um, I don't know if there's anybody on the team right now who who is the true quarterback. It might be Baron eventually. Mm-hmm. I actually have higher hopes for Baron than most of the fan base, I think. Uh, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Lane I, Hudson. I, you know, it's got to be Lane Hudson, right? I mean, let's it, be I guess it, I guess it has to be um, <laughs> if if it's anyone in in the group. But yeah, I didn't love the idea of trying to force Jack Eye there. I didn't I didn't love that approach. Um, the one again for for a few seconds here and there, sure, but not as your first alternative or even. Yeah, well, but Martin Saint Louis was saying he wants more shots from the point, so that which statistically speaking, is the worst way to score on the power play. But I get what he was yeah. going for. They don't have that talent for to make the goalie move. So rebounds, deflections. Yeah. But um, Jackye is really good at getting a shot through. So that's, I Excellent. think, I think that's why he did yes. it, right? Like that's yeah. not, uh, I don't, I'm not going to galaxy brain it. Essentially, he looked and said, this guy's getting his shots through five times more. He does, yeah. You know, get it done. But I, I will say this, and again, we, we spoke about Jackye earlier. Um, I'm still surprised with the, the, the opinion of people on, on Arbor Jackye this season. I really don't think, I don't understand whatsoever the point or the, the, the criticism saying he's been poor defensively in the vein that Martin St. Louis clearly asked his defenseman to jump in the rush more often, right? Like Jonathan yeah. Kovacevic this year, hey, he's scoring goals, yeah. Laurie, but yeah, he is. defensively, but yeah. what's your opinion on him defensively? <laughs> so... I think the answer to that question is I don't know if any of them are performing very well defensively. They're all performing worse, statistically speaking, yes. every single one of them, yes. Yeah, I mean I I probably the most responsible is is Gooley, I guess, the one that yeah. is more consistently there. Um but yeah, I mean I, I think I think there's been a few like yeah, offensively like he seems to be finding some space offensively and finding a, a bit of a, a new life there, but He's not as he's not as responsible defensively as he was. No. Um, honestly, I, I I'm I'm half expecting him to be a trade deadline move. Probably. Um, you know, I, I think so. Maybe they're trying to give him you know some different looks. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's if there's anything quite that deliberate just yet, or if it's if it's just you know him trying to take the advice of. Getting 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 in on the offense and seeing what happens. I, I really feel like it's been a directive, but again, I don't know that for a fact. But every time you hear Martin Saint Louis says, "I want my defenseman to jump in the play," um, but as Evan points out in the chat, it's actually Jonathan Goal Golvasevich. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, there's there's one thing that I realized with this guy is that he's adored by absolutely everyone, and it's it's almost like having a golden retriever in the locker room. So even yeah. though they're going to get a trade, I'm sure they're going to trade him, but having a guy like uh, Kovacevic is, is, you know, just an easygoing guy that when you lose 4-0, he's probably going to not worry about it too, too much. And it's a good counterbalance. So I do like what I've been yeah. seeing from, uh, from Kovacevic. Uh, Montreal, I mean, UFC mentioned Scott Stevens played on the power play. Yes. Well, first of all, he had Scott Niedemeyer to, uh, to, to set him up. But Scott Stevens had one of the hardest shots you'll ever see. And it wasn't, yeah. I don't think, like, measured kilometers per hour. It was that fast. You'd always be behind guys like Iafrady. But whatever. But it was the the thud of it. I don't know if that makes sense. But Weber had that thud. And Scott Stevens could just put these these cannon shots on net. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a little bit different. I'd say right now, 
A guy like Scott Stevens, pro- well, you know what? He was darn good when he wasn't giving people long-term brain injuries. He was, yeah. But I don't think he'd be your, your, on your number one power play unit today. Uh, I might be wrong about that, but, you know. Um, Trizak mentions or asks, do the Habs have the defensemen to jump into the rush right now? Hmm. Uh, seems like a system would be better implemented when they have guys like Ryan Backer, Hudson, and Mayu join the team. What's your, uh, what's your take on that, Laurie? I think that Ryan Backer is going to look more like Gooley in a, in the sense of, you know, I think he's going to have more of a defensive conscious, uh, conscience. I think he'll be comfortable jumping up in the rush. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayu, I think that he's had his defensive conscience surgically removed, <laughs> never to be found again. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to find that half of his game. Um yeah, I, he couldn't I, identify I, his own goalie in a police lineup. That's that's the issue with <laughs> with Mayu, right? Is that he doesn't he doesn't yeah. defend. But hey, and this is what I was telling people this summer. Everyone's like, he's NHL ready. No, no, not at all. But having a guy that can put shots on net in the power play and and really yeah. generate chances, there's value there. But you can't expect him to ever become, you know, one of your top pairing guys. I don't think. Anyways, that's my opinion. I heard a discussion. I think I was listening to a podcast, or maybe it was on Twitter. I'm not sure, but I, I caught a discussion at some point this week about turning Jack eye into a forward. That was actually they, one of my writers at Montreal hockey now. And I'd been sitting on that for about two weeks and I'm like, man, you're going to get ripped apart. But then what I, <laughs> but then I changed the title and I, I was like, okay, now you're gonna have to read it to understand what the article was. Well, what's your take on that? I don't think that Jack eye is going to be converted to four. Like, I don't think that's the answer for nope. Jack. Eye. Nope. I like, I've always seen Jack eye as probably a five or six defenseman mm-hmm. who won't hurt you. If he has to play in your, in your, on your second pair mm-hmm. in, in the event of injury or whatever, and, and, and let him develop and become his very best that. Uh, but I, I did wonder, I did pause and go, might that be an answer for my youth? Oh, um, because yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's a beautiful skater and he, his shot from the point is beautiful. And he's, you know, like everyone talks about his size. I saw him a bit as well. I mean, not as much as I did Jack, I, but I did see him a bit in, uh, in the playoffs with mm-hmm. London. And um, I mean, maybe it's just his face, but he looks really confused in his own end really often. And, and it, you know, like, and I, like that's, that was at junior. Um, and, you know, like, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that, you know, he's, you know, with there was a whole issue of his age with the players he was with. And, and you know, like at some point you've got to move into your own age group to grow and all yeah. that sort of, you know, like. So I, I haven't seen a thing in Laval, so I don't, I don't have an opinion of how he's developing there. But um, but his shot from the point was fantastic and his uh, his offensive sense was fantastic the Habs could really use his presence on the blue line for the power play, power play yeah. uh but i'm not sure that he makes your top unless he learns how to play some d somewhere along the way and maybe that's happening right now so so i'm not i'm not speaking to his current this year of development for him but if you know if if he develops into possibly you know having some defensive defensive awareness, that might be an option. But if not, maybe is 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 it out of the question to make him a winger? I, I think and... it is though. That that's okay. I know it's. Have you watched Moneyball by any chance, Laurie? Yes. So you know that one scene when they're trying to convince the uh, catcher to play at first base. 
Um, and you know, they're, they're like, oh, but I've never played first base before. And he's like, it's really easy. Tell him Ron. And Ron's like, it's incredibly difficult. You know, so changing <laughs> at that point is like Andre Markov did it after the draft, Dustin, Buff a few guys, but it yeah. takes some of the most cerebral players to do it. And that's where I think. And kinda... that's, and I don't think that's who he is. But I will say this uh, is yeah. Logan, my you last I checked was top 10 in the AHL for shots, which is exactly what you want to see when this guy's on it's he's shooting all the time so there is value there and i'm with you laurie i've only watched about 10 12 games this year so i'm not really ready to make a proclamation plus that value is a mess it's just growing pains everywhere which is fine because that's what we expected yeah. but um if he can keep getting that many shots on net especially as a rookie hey there's there's some value there and it will create offense and you need guys that yeah. can put the puck on net so no absolutely and and he does get it on net he sometimes get it, gets it on net in really a booming good. shot his decision and making is really good yeah and sometimes it's on just the this yeah. floater that weaves its way through and there's a little rebound and there's big a big juicy mm -hmm. chance for somebody else like he he's he gets it through it's not just this big booming shot that it's hits not the somebody Subban there where he the just time. yeah yeah where he just blasted right. as yeah hard it's as he it's <laughs> it, it's it is shot from the point is effective and he's his skating is beautiful yeah. um he's 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 fun to watch that way and he's a big man but i didn't see him play terribly physically like it's, that, it's never been know, his he's, you know he what he'll do is that a lot like Slavkovsky and Kirby Doc, I always say like they, when they remember they have a Clifford the Dog esque type size advantage. Right. Then he'll get mad, but it's not it's not as game. But in the in the the CHL, I'm sure you've seen it. He got suspended a couple of times just for defending his teammates. So he does have that you know that yeah. gritty size to him, but it's really not it's not his game. And that that it's not his focal point. Yeah. That's fine. Evan in the chat says Mayu makes more sense as a forward than Jack. I yeah I yeah I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, but I don't I, the conversion. I don't know how easy that would be for so either tough. of them. Oh, it's so tough. But uh, but it makes more for me. It makes more sense for Mayu than for Jack Eye. I think Jack Eye is strong enough defensively and strong enough as a defenseman mm -hmm. that there's no need to abandon developing him as that. Trizak, great friend of the show. Oh, and Jean Small mentions real quick that uh, Mayu could become an offensive third pair guy, a la Eric Gustafson. Yeah, and there's value there. I was actually yeah. thinking. And fans, fans won't like this, but it's Marc-André Bergeron. But Marc-André Bergeron was like a special teams player, right? And he yes. was really good yeah. in the power play. He took big old shots, and, and it actually helped the Habs get a lot of points. So there's, yeah. there's, you know, we never think of it this way. It's more of a football thing, but there are some guys that are really good. For example, um, oh, I forgot his name there. Pierre uh, on the shootout. What's his name? Dagenet, really good on the shootout. He was terrible at five on five, but four times a year he came out scored the shootout goal and got them wins right so there is some uh, some value there yeah. um trizak kate repeat question i know my answer for this um david saval is coming back soon we saw you practice two days in a row who sits for him and which pairing do you play him with what do you think Lori? what who i think well what, what do i think marty will do yeah we're yeah we're yeah oh yeah no what would you do and what then what do you think marty is going to do so I, if it were if it were me choosing pairs on that team, I would continue to to develop um, Baron and Gouli together. I think they're a fit, and I think they're I think I think letting them grow together is is a smart move. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they have a perfect partner for uh, our friend Matheson. I suspect I suspect Marty's going to make it Savard. That's what I'm expecting as well. And yeah, that's... If, it's not Gustav Lundstrom's fault, but there's absolutely no way in hell he should be playing on the top pairing. He has no. the worst numbers in 
the entire NHL. He was fifth worst. Now he's the worst. And I mean, it's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. Yeah, he's the guy that will sit when when Savard comes back. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, and and if Savard wasn't coming back, he would probably eventually sit for Jack Eye. Um, you know, if 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 Savard was done for the season, I mean, as you know, I, I think there's a real question of what's going to happen with Savard come February or March third. He played good enough, I'm sure. Yeah, but doesn't he have a con? Is his contract last? He has a contract next year as well, right? I'm just going to yeah. Google that. Yeah, he's got a year beyond this year. Yeah, teams uh, don't necessarily hate that these days, though. They don't mind right. a little bit, like a tiny bit. Yeah of runway not too they much. don't want the true they, they they don't want the long commitment they don't want a true rental so yeah that might it, it might be this deadline million. That's, that's by the time the deadline hits that's accrued to about uh, 1.2 million so that's actually yeah huh. might see a move yeah and if the habs take back an, ex, an expiring contract and he's cheap yeah um so you know like that's uh i wonder if he's gonna last and if if their intention is to trade him um then i hope they play him to show him off. May as well. And that doesn't necessarily mean top pair with maths and it might make more sense to play him somewhere where he's look where he's playing some against the kind of competition he'd be playing against on a cup team. Well, that's what I was thinking tonight. I kept thinking all these pairings are one level too high, right? In terms of where you want them yeah. ideally, but again, that's yeah. the reality of of a team. And you know, I'm looking at the hockey stats card. It's just a it's an account that just posts after every game. Yeah, Gustav Lindstrom had his best game by 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 far tonight. So I picked the wrong night to uh, to go after him because I bet he's no longer last in the league. But the point was more that it's just you know you're missing the personnel right now. So some of the choices by Martin Saint Louis, it is what it he's is. Doing, right? like yeah. It's it's I, and I hate that saying, but you know you can only do so much with so little. It's hard to uh, draw blood from a stone, right? You know. So. Yeah, and and. And I'm sure there's somebody already typing that, well, they could have done something different. They could have sat him for Jack Eye. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, 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 I would don't... have. I would have, but that's just me. Yeah. And, and I guess, like, we'll never know what they're thinking, but I, I don't necessarily believe they thought Gustafson is, uh, sorry, that Lindstrom is the guy that, uh, that is, you know, he said he's performing better than Jack Eye right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they see him as the guy who can fill the hole while, while Jack Eye works yes. on whatever that's it is. Exactly yeah. Well, is. that's, that's, that's all how I see it. And, and, yeah. And it's actually encouraging Gusted, that, like, they, that they're saying, hey, man, like, we, we want you to be part of the future. So going down to Laval is just making you better for the future, yeah. right? That's essentially where they're going down that uh, that road. Hey, I think it's Melissa. Is it Melissa's question? Or, or whose was it? Uh, oh, no, it's Trinka. Um, and we're going to wrap it up, I think, after this, Lori, because we've held you for way too long. But thank you so much because you bring this unique, interesting perspective that sometimes... I just kind of bowl over without thinking too quick and I come to my loud conclusion. So we always appreciate nuance and it's very necessary in hockey. This is a really important one. And before we do it, thank you everyone for showing up. If you can like the stream, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We'll be back on Saturday for the Buffalo game. Really, really serious question. What does everyone think of the shiny Los Angeles helmets? Trinka asks. <laughs> Trinka says, I like them in theory because I'm a fan of the league doing silly, irrelevant things, irreverent things, but I also hate them practicality. They're so dumb. I'm with her. I, or sorry, I, sorry, with Trinka, with them. Um, I liked them for about 15 minutes tonight, Laurie. And then I was like, okay, get, get, get this out of my face. What, what's They're distracting. Right? Yeah. 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 But it's fun, though. It's fun. I, I get what Trinka's saying here. It's, they're still yeah. fun, though. They're kind of fun. Yeah, uh, I, I, they, are they're, they've kind of become my, uh, you know, how everyone decided they hated the Carolina Hurricanes after the whole 
Cockney nonsense. And yeah, so the Kings are kind of for me now. Like, yeah, I, I would I wouldn't be sad if you went out in the first round. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm. <laughs> oh, harsh. You know. <laughs> Hey, they don't, they'll be fine because they got $7 million from the Quebec government. So they have, they don't need that playoff money. They're going to, they're getting, we're, we're paying for them right. out of pocket over here. Um, right. Yeah. And, and as uh, Goliath, who went to school with my, um, was it my youth cousin, I believe earlier, he said, uh, helmets are awful. Yeah. Fun for five minutes, then distracting, which is essentially yeah. what every single human has ever said about me uh, in the workplace. <laughs> right. Ev- Evan brings up a good point. 3.5 million is nothing for an RD. And so when he says, when Evan says right-handed defenseman, um, that's actually a really good point because teams are desperate. There's value, yeah. Yeah. You know, as he says, Justin Hall exists. So if a guy like Justin Hall exists. He keeps getting a check, yeah. He keeps keeps getting ice, so. (laughs) Exactly, we can't complain. But hey, man, you know what? As they're all saying, it's fun for five minutes. Fun for five minutes is better than fun for no minutes. So I do like, I have to admit, I'm a big fan of seeing, for example, in Europe when they have the gold helmets or and they have top score. But those helmets, they're they're gaudy, right? Like I I would almost like like a matte finish on these helmets. I love that they tried something, but they're they are really gaudy. So what I did like was tonight at one point McClellan has his head down like this, and they all had matching hair. So they you know <laughs> he had his silver hair and they had their silver helmets, so it worked out uh, uh, really his, his well. His hair is kind of like a helmet, actually. Right? Essentially, yeah. That's what they used to say was back in the day, you know, get your helmet uh, trim there. So, and yeah. Shrinka finally will say, going to see Brock Caulfield this, uh, yeah, Caulfield, yeah, sure. Go this weekend. Really weird to see a name back of the shirt and they look so much alike. They absolutely do. Um, I'm going to see Buffalo. Going to see the Habs in Buffalo on Saturday. Oh, yeah. You know what? I love, everyone craps on Buffalo. I love going there, but it, I essentially say the cobblestone area around the rink and it's, you open the door, there's a bar. So as a journalist, like that's, <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't get any better. I've than that. never been to a game there. I I live. It's a like nice arena. From there, and I've never been there. Oh, yeah. so. It's it's a gorgeous arena. Obviously, Buffalo, like any city, there's some areas that aren't nice. But right there, you have a ton of nice uh, microbreweries. It's cobblestone. You'll see. There's good food. I like Buffalo, honestly. Now, I grew up in Ottawa, so maybe I don't have the best perspective. But you know, everyone tends to crap out on it a little too much. So I think I feel like I should defend it. Um, but go to Buffalo. It's it's it's. It's a nice little place there, as long as you don't expect it to be somewhere like Paris, because we're talking about a place that has, what, 400,000 people. So, it's never... And there's a couple of nice, nicer areas in Buffalo. Like, I've done a lot of shopping in Buffalo, and I've done, you know, some some other shows and stuff there. But but hockey is first time for me, so... You're going to like it. I'll, it's I'll a really nice, see. really nice arena. Like, it's one of their, their nicer arenas. And them, they're so lucky. They walk out. Their practice arena is literally, like, it's a literal stone's throw. So... You know, it's the advantage of being in Buffalo. You can just plop another arena right there, whereas the Habs had to go to uh, to Brassard. And Trizak mentions, uh, I hope to go see a Pete's game at the end of the month to see Owen Beck. Well, Owen Beck, I didn't. did he score tonight? I know he had a secondary assist, but he was up to 15 goals. This is what I was talking about when people are saying he's not a goal scorer. The Pete's last year when he got traded, um, they weren't using him in a goal score. They were using him in a shutdown yeah. role. So he wasn't getting yeah. points. People are freaking out. No, but he got given the task of shutting down all the opposing best players. And he did it yeah. mirac- not miraculously, excellently. So he's a guy who I know some people are hot and cold on him. I don't know if I see him in a top role, top, you know, top six even, but if he can establish himself as a third line center, that's, that's found money for the Montreal Canadiens. So hopefully, you know, and right now because of Owen Beck, the Peets are one of the best teams in the entire Canadian yeah. hockey league. So yeah, I I, th- I think he can be he can be Phil Deneau. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I think yeah. he can fill that role. That's really, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lofty yeah. goal, but it's it's a good one. Now, Trizak, yeah. I will mention this. Don't go at the end of this month because Owen Beck will be playing for Team Canada. So from the 26th to whenever the World Juniors runs, he's going to be, yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain he's going to be on the team probably wearing a... Uh, a letter on his uh, on his chest there just to uh, oh there you go Trizak mentions unless the world juniors last that long yeah you can go see Owen Beck and Peterborough any other time probably not this month but I'll say this the Pete's are a fun team to watch just like the Kitchener Rangers with Philippe Machal two of the most underrated teams in the OHL they're ranked one and two they're not even getting into the top 10 power rankings around the league even if they're one or two but it's really they're powered by guys like Machal and Beck so that is a good sign for the future we're gonna wrap it up right now thank you everyone for joining us honestly we don't deserve to have so many well Lori does but i don't deserve to have so many people come after a 4-0 loss we do appreciate all of you we honestly genuinely do uh it really means a lot if you could share the the stream if you could uh, like subscribe all that stuff make sure to do it Lori, i already i'm gonna throw your name in the chat again but for those that are listening to us on the podcast where can they find you Lori? So I'm Lori Tenhabs on Twitter, and you, you'll see me drop my, uh, I write a weekly column for Rec House Press, and I have uh, my own Habs blog, habadder.ca. So you'll, it's all on Twitter. You'll find me on Twitter, and I drop my stuff there. And it's funny because I, it's when I read it, oftentimes I'll, I'll read the title, and I'll think, no, 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 that's wrong. And then I'll go, you know, I am man, I know best. And I, then I finish reading it, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That, okay, that was a really good point. So it just goes back to what we were talking about. It's always good to broaden your horizons. And if you're going to start with some of Lori's work, because it's 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 much better than what I'm doing uh, and a lot of my colleagues are doing. So it's oh. definitely worth a watch. All right, Lori, so they're playing Buffalo. Do you think it's this is going to be a win on Saturday or not? What's your call? You know, I haven't seen the Habs win a game live since Commissarek scored in overtime. Commissarek! <laughs> they religiously lose when I show up. Oh, that was not but the keyword. I, see... I thought you were saying like Kutkinemi or or, or Koi. No. Oh, wow, Commissaric. Wow. No. Kovalev was on the ice. Uh, yeah, and he's, a Commissaric scored in overtime to get the win in Toronto. Yeah. Wow. So they, I, I was actually so this weekend's my birthday, and I last last oh. year on my birthday I came to Montreal for a game. I lost. <laughs> and so this year I'm going to Buffalo to see them on my birthday. And uh, yeah, so they owe me a win. You'll be surrounded by a lot of Habs fans because they always travel well. All right. That is it for us this time. Again, go follow Lori. She's excellent. She's intelligent. She's nuanced. All the things that I am not, go follow her on Twitter and make sure to check out her <laughs> blogs. And again, we will be back on Saturday after the Buffalo game. I haven't checked who's hosting. I'm assuming it's Andrew, but if not, I'll be back. And we do want to thank absolutely everyone for joining us. Honestly, we're really lucky to have a strong, amazing community of Habs fans, supportive, open-minded. Uh, we don't deserve it, but we got it, and we're really happy. So to everything, everyone that joined tonight, everyone that's listening on the podcast, thank you very, very much. As per usual, we're just going to finish it off the same way as we finish it off every single time. Bye, Claire. Bye. Yeah!